As you can see, we've had a wonderful week at Bible school, and uh, we're going to have a whole other crew of kids at 11 o'clock that will be in here for worship to do the same of what they've done and what they've learned. Uh, and I just want to say another special thank you to all the people who helped make Bible school possible, whether you gave money to support it, whether you brought supplies, you prayed, you volunteered uh, and taught. Especially, I want to say another word of thanks to Aaron Wingerson, our children's ministry director, who made it possible. So thank you, Aaron. It was... It was a great week. And uh, to the kids who are in Bible school, I've got three kids of my own. Mine are a little bit older than you. My oldest one just graduated college this year. My second one just graduated high school. And my third one just graduated elementary school. And I just finished my doctoral program. And so, right, yeah, so guess what? My oldest one has been away at college. She lives a long way from home, but she's flying home this week. And so I told her to bring all of her uh, graduation stuff, you know, like the gown and the cap, and my son who graduated high school, and my son who graduated elementary school, and I've got mine, and all four of us are going to get together, and we're going to take a picture of all four of us in our graduation stuff. We're going to have a big week this week. And uh, I remember when they came to Bible school, when they were your age, it was like two weeks ago. And, and now they're all grown up. But you know something else I remember about my kids? I remember when we would go somewhere in the car. And, and this goes all the way back to, for all three of them, when they were little bitty babies. Anytime we would go somewhere in the car. And, and all the way up through until they were the ones driving. <laughs> but when they were in the car with me, and I was driving, and they were sitting in the back seat, I remember taking the rear view mirror. Do you know what the rear view mirror is in your car? It's the mirror that's up there stuck to the glass in the front. I remember taking the rear view mirror and turning it so that I could see my kids. Any parents ever done that? If you've got kids, turn that rear view mirror so you can see them. Now, there's a few different reasons you might do that. But I would turn the mirror so that I could see my kids. And I'm telling you, even from the time they were a baby, and I used to love that I could look in that mirror and see them. Because, you know, when I'm facing forward and I'm driving, I can't see them. But I could look in that mirror and I could see them. And if I had the mirror turned just right, I could see their whole faces. And now, when they were little bitty babies and they were in a car seat and you had to have the car seat facing backwards, you could put a mirror on that seat and you could like get a two mirror. Has any parent done this? You get like the, the mirror to mirror to the child's face. I mean, it takes some work, but you can make it happen. But I used to love to, at least for a moment, be able to lock eyes with my children in the car. Have you ever, kids, have you ever looked up in that mirror and seen your mom's eyes or your dad's eyes or your grandparents' eyes? Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I did it just so I could see them and make sure they were okay and they weren't like, they were still breathing and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I did it just to see the smile on their face or to make them smile. Sometimes I did it to say, I love you. Sometimes I did it to check on them and make sure they weren't doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. But most of the time it was because I was so happy to see them. Have you ever looked up in that mirror and felt happy that you could see your mom or your dad or your grandparents, see their eyes. So probably everybody in this room and all the folks who are with us online, probably all of you have been in that place 
one way or the other. Either you were the one driving and you were looking in the mirror back, or you were the one in the back looking up in the mirror to see the person who was driving. But kids, did you know all week in Bible school we've been teaching you something else? Have you ever thought about what it would feel like to be the mirror in that story? That's what we've been doing at Bible school all week is we've been teaching you about what it means to be the mirror. Because our Bible verse for the whole week was all about reflecting God's light like a mirror. Do you remember our verse? Do you remember the verse that Pastor Stacy and I would say with you every day during the Bible story time? Do you remember it? Would you say it with me? We're going to say it together, okay? Now, one way that we did it, at least the the classes that I met with, one way we did it, and I don't know, maybe you did too, Pastor Stacey, is one day we said it three times. We said it real soft, and then we said it a little bit louder, and then we said it loud. Do you guys remember doing that? All right? So I want you to help me and say the Bible verse with me, okay? We're going to put it up on the screen. There it is, so you can see the words if you want to read it, but I know you remember it. And, and I want to invite all of y'all to say it with us, okay? They've been saying it every day this week. They've probably said it 15, 20 times at least. So this is Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. All right, we're going to say it three times. Soft, and then louder, and then loud. You ready? Arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. Arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. Arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. Amen, good job. This is a Bible verse that tells us what it means to reflect like a mirror God's light and love. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this Bible verse. So, people who've been studying the Bible for a long time have learned that actually in this book, Isaiah, that we believe was written by somebody a long time ago named, guess what? Isaiah, that there's a part of this book at the end that includes that verse that Isaiah probably didn't write. It was actually probably people who had listened to Isaiah and had learned from Isaiah, and they wanted to share some of his teachings with the people that they lived with the time that they were writing. And so they wrote down some of the things that were Isaiah-like, and it's been included in this book that's called Isaiah. They were reflecting what they had learned from Isaiah. But you know what else? There's something else that's special about this particular verse. And this is for everybody in the room. Here's some, if you wanted something to read this week, if you're looking for something that's good for your soul to read this week, in the room, uh, online with us, read this week Isaiah 60, the whole chapter. It'll be good for you. I promise it'll be good for you. But there's something really special about this chapter and that verse in particular because the, the couple of chapters before it, so if you were in a chapter book, chapter 58, 59, the story that those chapters tell is one all about all of the problems that Israel was having, all of the things they were doing that they shouldn't have been doing, and all of the punishment 
and the consequences that were going to come with all of that kind of behavior. I mean, if you read chapters 58 and 59, you'll come out of that with a big frown on your face. And after all of that talk about all the things that were wrong and messed up and all the problems that they were having and that they were creating, all of a sudden, in chapter 60 and verse 1, all of that gets interrupted with, Arise! Shine! Your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. It's like just in a moment... God, turn the car around. We've been talking all about this, but guess what? Something new has happened. God's glory has shined on you. And it interrupted a time for those people that was really kind of sad and dark. It, it felt dark. All of the people of Israel, that whole country, for generations, they had been kicked out of their homes. The Persians came and, and took them out of their houses and took them away and made them live somewhere else and spread them all out, all around different countries. They were separated from their family, from their friends, from their church. They couldn't see each other. They couldn't be together. And not just for 18 months, like 70 years, like generations of people that had been separated from each other and removed from their home. And then the Lord's glory shone. The story is that the king at that time said, okay, all of you can come back home. And they got so excited, they all got to come back home and see each other. But the problem was, when they came back home to see each other, it had been 70 years. A lot had changed. They were having trouble getting along with each other. The stuff that they had didn't look the same. In fact, a lot of it was broken, like maybe the air conditioning, I don't know. Or, you know, the, the, whatever's supposed to keep the water out of the breezeway out there. They had a mess. They had a, a, a literal mess on their hands. And it was a challenge. It, it was hard. They'd been so excited and they got back together and like, oh my goodness, this is all broken and I don't know that I like you. <laughs> I mean, there may be some folks in this room that feel like we've been going through some darkness. I mean, just to name the pandemic, I, one of the days, one of the things we did with the kids in the Bible story time is we talked about hope and the difference between hope and wishing. And, and we talked about what would you hope for? And can't tell you how many kids said to me that they hope for this virus to go away, for this pandemic to be over. I mean, genuine hope in the midst of darkness, what it feels like. Come on, you never know what kind of darkness the next person you meet is dealing with or facing. I mean, the post-pandemic church, 
post-pandemic culture and community all of its own that we're trying to figure out how to navigate. What do you do when you come back together and we've all aged 10 years in 18 months? <laughs> and everything's so different. And into that moment, the light shines. And I've got to tell you, the light shined here this week in Bible school. I've got a, uh, a note that one of the kids wrote me. Light shining for me. Tales will be told of your storytelling. Your student, Emily. Which is nice when you're insecure about telling Bible stories to a bunch of restless kids, you know, to, to get a note like that. Of course, I did have somebody here who works here uh, who may or may not also be a pastor here point out to me that it just says tales will be told. It doesn't say what kind of tales will be told about my storytelling. And I can give you another example of a light shining here. Of a, of a saint of this church who's been through a great deal of personal loss recently. Who got to come and be among God's children, literally, for a week. And see and experience the joy of the Lord shining in to their life, breaking through, even in the pain, to the point that they could smile and be happy. This is the promise of this Bible verse, that God's light shines, even in the darkness, and especially in the darkness. This is actually the beauty of the gospel to understand the story in its fullness because all of these people who had been exiled, who'd been marginalized, who'd been excluded, who'd been put into a place of being the least in their culture and in their society, all of these folks, God brought them back together, brought them into God's house, into God's presence, and reestablished them and said, you are my children. You may have been mistreated, you may have been somewhere in life that you wish you had never been, that you never thought you'd go. You may have felt broken, lost, forgotten. But God doesn't forget. And God doesn't lose anybody. And God brought all of God's children back together and restored them. And not only restored them, but if you read the chapter, God made them the shining light. See, this is what God does. God takes the hurting and the broken and the marginalized and brings them together, makes them whole, and creates something beautiful that shines brightly in a broken world and creates such an attractive light that all around them will be drawn to it to see what is God doing here? What has God been doing in that place with those kids this week. And that's actually the, the rest of that story. It says that their light shined so brightly that all the people around them were drawn to them. It says they radiated with joy. As all of God's children reflected 
the light of God. And kids, that's where you and me and all these people sitting in here and all the folks that are with us online, that's where we can be like that mirror in the car. So that God, our heavenly Father, heavenly parent, looking at us, shining God's light on us, so that we can reflect that. So that all the people around us, all the kids around us, all the other kids in our car of our lives can see that they are being seen by a loving God. And it happens in big ways that sometimes seem small, kind of like the way we read our Bible verse. Sometimes it may just be a whisper. Sometimes it may be a little bit louder. Sometimes it may be right in your face, the goodness of God. And as you and I and all of us shine and reflect the light of Christ in the world, God will do something special through you. And don't you forget it. All right, I want to ask you if we can pray together before we sing our last song. Let's pray. God, thank you for your light that shines in our lives and in our world. Thank you for how we saw your light shining this week. God, thank you for how you will shine your light into our lives and through our lives, into the lives of everyone around us. God, it's exciting to think about what you're doing and what you will do and what will become of a community of people filled with love, filled with hope, filled with joy and shining that out into the world. May it be so of us. May it start with us here today. In Jesus' name, amen.